Welcome to episode number 45 of the Natural Born Alchemist podcast. My name is Alex and I'll be your host. In this episode we are going to do something that has not been done in this podcast series before and that is to have some live music or live shamanic music to be more exact. My guest in this episode is musician, healer and artist Fire Main. You can check out more at hervoiceheals.com and at facebook.com slash firemama. So thank you for being on the podcast. Oh, you're so welcome. My pleasure. So explain to the listeners who you are. Well, my name is Chrissy Charlie, um, um, aka Fire Main, um, and I am a musician and sound healer, uh, mother, activist, um, many things, uh, living in Byron Bay on the east coast of Australia. And um, my purpose, I would say my um, reason for being is to activate human beings is to help people remember how powerful they really are um, in order for us to restore harmony um, on our planet, for us to take our power back and to uh, restore our planet to, um, to its natural state and environment of, of love and, and peace. How did you get into to this uh, way of thinking? Um, that's a good question, but I, I can't really say anything got me into it. I, I'm pretty sure I came here with that program. Um, I'm very aware uh, that I've lived many lives uh, on planet Earth and they've all pretty much been with a similar mission, just with different bodies and different eras. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I was very clear as, as even a tiny girl that I was here to do this kind of work. So um, yeah, it wasn't so much um, getting into it, but more really um, honouring it, I guess. I, I was raised in a family that um, very much put uh, didn't put love at the top of the pile. Let's say it sort of put sort of uh, material success um, at, the, at the top of the pile. And so for me, it was a matter of unwinding out of um, social and family conditioning to come back to what I knew was important to me and my life. So yeah. And you've done a lot of traveling in Peru and places like that? Yes, yes, I've done a lot of traveling. Um, yeah, I've traveled, yeah, all over the place, really. Um, yeah, a lot of travel in Europe, a lot of travel in Asia. Um, I haven't traveled extensively in South America, although I go to Peru a lot. Um, yeah, I've seen a lot of the world. There's a lot more to see, obviously, but 
I've done a lot of traveling, yes. And this uh, sound healing you mentioned, exactly what is that? Well, it's um, basically using vibration to change the state of matter. So, you know, it's um, it's a science that's been used for for thousands and thousands of years by ancient cultures. It's nothing new. Um, we in the West are experiencing it as new, but in many parts of the world, it's an, as normal to them and ancient as the hills as their origins um, to use sound to heal. So. Uh, it basically very simply runs that, um, you know, the voice or the crystal bowl or the tuning fork or whatever the tool we're using, um, you know, sends out a vibration that has the ability to change matter um, and and to and to move um, move things to to a greater sense of and space of harmony. Um, and so, yeah, I'm using my voice to do that. And, yeah, I mean, we all know the power of music. Uh, and a lot of music has not been created intentionally to heal. It's just sort of to sound beautiful. But we, a lot of us are healed very deeply by music alone, you know. And then if we create sound intentionally for healing and program uh, the vibration with love and restoration or whatever it is that we're wanting to wash through that being. It's very powerful indeed, Alex. How did you learn these techniques? I didn't learn from anyone. I've had no teacher. I've just done it all myself. It just came very naturally to me. I just um, knew that I was all about this when I was little and then, you know, started and then basically just went off my results. So... You know, I just made my own way, really. Have you ever had a, a mentor or a teacher in a spiritual way? Ah, yes. I've had very, very many uh, teachers and guides and mentors um, in in terms of my spiritual path, but um, not when it comes to actual sound healing and um, what I'm doing with my voice. I've never had anyone guide me there. I've never really been interested in anyone guiding me there because I, I'm I feel, I feel pretty confident in in what I'm doing and and I'm just going I just go off my results you know it's shamanic I mean the work I do is, um, you know shamanic in nature i.e. you know I I'm communing with other spirits and other spirits are working with me. Um, when I'm doing the work and with that stuff, no one really can teach you. I don't think. I mean, maybe they teach this stuff in schools. I don't know, but I believe that it really comes down to your own experience and tracking the results of your experiencing of your experience. Sorry, and, and learning from that and and guiding your own path through through the spirit world. Really, I mean, yeah, I'd love to have a teacher, but I, I don't feel I need one. Be nice. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever had any, since you live in Australia, have you ever had any contact or experiences with the uh, indigenous of Australia? Yes, yes. No, I have I have friends who are um, indigenous here. So we, I'm in touch with them, obviously. Um, and, you know, where the community I live in, in Byron Bay here, um, 
we try to live as respectfully to the protocols of the elders uh, of this land as much as possible. So we acknowledge the ancestors of this land, we acknowledge the old people uh, for being custodians and caretakers of this land um, before most of it, nearly all of our events and ceremonies. It's very important to us, this protocol, yes. Is the tradition still alive or is it dying in, in Australia? I mean, they, they become modernized or whatever you call it. Oh, it's dying, definitely, um, but not because they've become modernized. Um, it's dying because they've been persecuted so heavily. Uh, it's really a, a horror story, the way the indigenous have been treated here. It's a bit like in North America. It's it's just a horror story. Um, and, yeah, so the... Yeah, I mean, if you go into the desert, you'll you'll find culture. You'll find our original culture still alive, but it's definitely not thriving. Let's say that. When you were in Peru, did you come in contact with indigenous tribes or something like that over there? Yes, of course. Um, I I work closely with uh, members of the Kero tribe. They are my family and. Um, Yeah, I have a goddaughter in the Kero tribe. They're, the Keros are the wisdom keepers of the Andes. Um, they're really kind of holding all the uh, codes, I guess, uh, the magical codes from the Inca uh, magic tradition and, and way before that, actually, way, way, way before that. Uh, the Keros the are considered the last Incan, the last descendants of the Inca, Uh, and their shamanic culture is, is, is very dear to my heart. And as I said, I've got very close friends in that tribe and a goddaughter now in that tribe. And, um, yeah, their traditions are very strong. Um, again, I wouldn't say thriving just because of the way the world is moving and the youth are wanting to, you know, be on iPhones and be in the city wearing jeans. So the culture is, is, is um, suffering but but within in the tribe of course there are members of the tribe who practice practice religiously and regularly their 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 practices so it, it i guess overall you could say again they're not thriving but it's you can still see it it happening absolutely And when you do your um, sound healing, you use drums as well? Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, yes. Um, are you talking about like in ceremony or in private sessions? Or, or either. Yeah, I mean, um, yes, sometimes I use drums. Not, I use drumming a lot, but not so much when I'm doing um, a private session. I, I very rarely use a drum when I'm singing for one person. But when I'm singing for a group or I'm doing ceremony with a group or when I'm working with the land, um, definitely I use my medicine drum always. Because uh, shamanic drumming is also one of those extremely old techniques that you can't really date it, I guess. It's impossible. But Yeah, that's right. I actually think they probably comes back to the Mongols. 
the drumming, the shamanic drumming. I, f I feel that that's the um, the origins of of shamanic drumming on our planet is the Mongolians. I don't know if they were called Mongolians back then, but that that region of our planet, I'm pretty sure, were the first medicine drummers. But how how come you became interested in in all these indigenous cultures? It must be in something that sparked your initial interest. Um, no, there were, I can't say it's. You'd think so, Alex, but it wasn't like that for me. It wasn't like something happened and I said, "Oh, that's what you know." I I just very clearly remember my lifetimes. You know, as a Native American Indian, um, as an African shaman woman, I remember my lifetimes like that, and so. Coming back as a Western woman, you know, a privileged family, privileged, you know, community, I've, I was sort of born into this life with, um, you know, technology, I guess, at my fingertips and with, um, you know, doing well at school and academically, I have these tools of writing and of speaking that um, maybe I didn't in other lifetimes. And I know that this time on our planet is incredibly crucial when it comes to uh, protecting and replenishing our roots, our earth medicine, our indigenous tribes, these pristine um, cultures that are so connected to Mother Earth and her ecosystems and her and her cycles. And... Um, you know, a, a lot of the effort that um, you see on the planet that's going toward protecting those cultures is coming from Westerners. You know, it's 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 there's a lot of us that are I have lived like that, whether you know in our blood past lines or whether in past lives. We we know we remember our soul remembers community our soul remembers sitting around fires together with our elders with our tribe and we miss that we yearn for that and we miss that and so i think um this the plight of our indigenous cultures actually hits into the heart of so many of us naturally um and that i mean i'm speaking for myself most certainly it, it to protect uh these tribes or, or, or their customs or their ceremonies or, or the wisdom that their elders carry is, is, is incredibly important to me. Um, and I, I think that just, I don't think anything happened. I think that's just an in, 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 um, intrinsic, uh, I don't know, it just, it just feels like natural to me. <laughs> like it feels right to do that. How do you view God or if you, the concept of God or how do you see that? Um, I feel that God is everything. So even this computer that we're talking through is part of God. Uh, great Spirit is a force of creative life that runs through every part of its own creation. So it's, as far as I see it, the universe wants to experience itself. So it's continually expanding in every direction because it wants to experience itself. And, 
and every part of that is is God. Do you know, like my little finger is still Chrissy. Do you know the little tiniest atom in my in my smallest toe is is still part of Christy. You know, it's not the the biggest part. It's not the part we see. It's not the part we think that's running the show. But it's still part of Christy. And it's the same thing as with God and Great Spirit. We are all part of God. I am God. I'm God. So are you. We're all of this. We. I think that's what's gone on is that we are so detached from the truth that we are the creator that we so easily fall into very unsafe uh, fanatic clubs of religion and putting power outside of ourselves and all these crazy things that you know are causing so much harm and separation and exclusivity on the planet that's why I like the shamanic way the earth Earth, earth medicine way, the simple way of recognizing that God is in everything. God is in the trees. God is in the mountains. God is in the fish in the river. You know, God is in the clouds. This is all God all around us. We honor that and we honor our, our tribal members. We honor our family. We honor our brothers and sisters as being God also. We respect that. We respect them. We walk in a good way like that. Um. Yeah, it's when we put power outside of ourselves and put, give power over to a, another figure as being God. I'm not God, but that is God. Then, then we all get messed up. <laughs> uh, we all get totally off track. <laughs> Isn't it interesting that, in general terms, the indigenous of all parts of the world have very similar. Uh, spiritual or religious views or what you would call it the way they view god and what systems they practice their worship and all this it's very similar com compared to other religions which uh, they are very different um so it's it's funny how apparently long ago when there was only indigenous cultures um and they didn't have any contact they seemed to have reached the same kind of conclusion That's right. I think they were definitely in contact. They might not have been in physical contact, but they were, you know, being so much more connected to earth and and therefore our own power, our abilities of telepathy, our abilities of astral traveling, our abilities of, of biolocation and things that we deem now um, as, as superior powers or, or, or impossible even, um, these are all very normal. Um, you know, in tribal living, when you're that close to, you know, there's, I think this is all very normal, the powers like that. And I know that, you know, the Egyptians and the ancient Aboriginals here in Australia were in touch. They found pyramids and hieroglyphics here. You know, they're, they're all in touch. They're all connected, those guys. They might not have been, you know, traveling to each other, but in, in the etheric worlds and the astral worlds, they were definitely all conversing and sharing knowledge and wisdom for sure. So I thought we were going to do one of your uh, channelings or what do you call it? <laughs> yeah, I don't even know what to call it. <laughs> no. You'd like me to sing? Yeah, sure. Whenever you feel ready. Mm, beautiful, okay. Or maybe before you start you can explain how you, what, if, how you think or if you do anything before you start singing. 
No, that's a beautiful question, Alex. Thank you. Um, yes, um, quite often before I do some singing, with this intention of of um, connecting people back to their um, indigenous sovereign selves, um, I will. I will call on my guides. Uh, my guides are the mountain spirits of the Sacred Valley of Peru. And um, and also, you know, I have about five or six humans in my life that are very key to my uh, energy work and spirit work. And, you know, if it feels right, I'll also call them in to be part of this. And... <clears throat> And yeah, that that's pretty much it. And I just close my eyes and open my heart and open my mouth and and I sing. <laughs> Thank mm -hmm. you. 
Thank you very much. It was very beautiful. I like like those medicine drums also. They add some a bit of a haunting sound to the singing. Is it are you singing any words or is it glossolalia? In there was some Quechua. Quechua is the uh, native language of the Andes. Um and there was a tiny bit of Spanish, but hardly any. And the rest was um, just channeled sound. Did you say Pachamama at one point? Yeah, I did. <laughs> That's na- I named my cat that, so... <laughs> ah, <I'm telling> you, <laughs> brother. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Why do you... Well, maybe that's the... Why it is like it is, but it seems to me that it's more of a, f- um, a feminine goddess kind of thing that these indigenous cultures have and the western world has this male dominating god do you think like this yes absolutely i think that we'd all agree with that um you know the of course within the indigenous tribal cultures the masculine energy is incredibly well represented uh in you know, in, in warrior energy, in hunter energy, protector, you know, that, that, that was all so well lived. Um, but overall, they, they, their, I think, connection to great spirit was as if it were the, the great mother. Um, well, hold on. Hold on a sec. No, no, no. What I meant to say is their connection to earth. Um, I, I'm sure they related to our planet Um as, as a feminine entity, for sure. I'm mm. sorry, I don't know if I answered your question. Oh, it wasn't really a question. <laughs> it was just an observation. Um, so can you can you communicate when you go to Peru in Quechua or, or do you have to rely on Spanish or English? Uh, I use Spanish, yeah. Basically, my, my, my Queros friends who speak Quechua, um, they do speak you know, pretty good Spanish. 
So, I mean, I mostly communicate with them in, in, in Spanish, but I speak a tiny bit of, of Quechua. I'd love to speak more. It's a beautiful language. It's a very powerful language. And apart from being a sound healer, you, you, you do many different artistic things. Um, is there anything you are working on at the moment? Well, I'm definitely working on launching my music, you know, so I've been doing sound healing for years and years, but right now I'm launching Firemane, which is, you know, my my, my music. And um, so I had a gig, um, you know, oh, uh, 10 days ago at a big festival out here, and and that was really fun. It was really fun. But I'm basically just at the moment getting my band together, you know, um, I'm going to spend the next few months getting this band together and and rehearsing and then probably by the end of the year I'll I'll be ready to really launch the band and tour it around Australia and um and record the album in the next 6 months as well. Um Yeah, that's that's kind of the main thing I'm working on. I I I'm trying to make space in my life for that because that's what I I've always wanted to do. I've just been waiting for the right time, you know. But I'm 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 told that now's the time, and so I'm going for it. <laughs> it's fun. What kind of music is it you're doing? Well, it's like dance music, so there's a lot of percussion, a lot of like African rhythm, and um, it's like a combination or a mix, I should say, between ooh, um, gospel music, funk, tribal chants, and rock. There we go. <laughs> really fun you know simple music that people can dance to that we can really go crazy with <clears throat> um very catchy chant like lyrics you know very similar to the the stuff that uh, our tribal cultures have been have been sharing so uh very uplifting lyrics lyrics that connect us back to the to each other and back to the planet and as you know, it's my mission to remind people of their sovereignty. So, yeah, good music, brother. Keep, I'll keep it, keep an eye out for it. It's gonna be, it's gonna be really good. I'm excited. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you mentioned earlier that you all, all always knew your past and from past lives. How how did you experience these past lives? Just memory that you always had, or was it dreams or other experiences? Interesting question. Um, yes, um, not no, not dreams. It wasn't in dreams. I have always um, gotten the the feeling when I've travelled. It's been when I've travelled to the to those countries or to those regions in in certain countries, and and I've just gotten a very very strong knowing. And that's how I my magic works, Alex. Some people see, you know, energy or hear things or see colors or can feel. But I I I get a knowing, like an absolute rock solid yes in my gut, and um, I've learned to trust that. Um, and that's how I've I've known. So, you know, I'll be walking somewhere and then bam you know i get the the memory or the the knowing that i've lived here before i know this and and then sure enough you know i I get a lot of affirmation through talking to energy workers or or you know locals or or just yeah 
tracking my own puzzle of knowing, but mainly through traveling, I have to say. Have you? Do you have these experiences with people also, like people you meet? Yes, yes, definitely, yes. Um, but there, personally, I've I've had that feeling with people I've met, but they're people I've um, sort of journeyed very closely with. It's mainly only lovers, you know, men that I've had very close relationships with, or a, a handful of girlfriends, or my mother, for example. Um, that I know we've we've been together in past lives, but um, yeah, I don't get it often. It's not a feeling I get often. What about your children? Because that's a strange thing, you know, to have a child. It's it's part of you, but it's also somebody else. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, it's an amazing experience having children. Um. um i relate to my children more as friends than as smaller people, you know. Um, I mean, they're only four and six, but they are very, they're very powerful. And um, I, yeah, I learn a lot from them. I, yeah, we get on like mates, really. We have a, such a good time together. They're, they're amazing, my kids. Totally amazing. Do you have any, like, Uh, traumatic past lives experiences that you deal with in this life yes that's a very good question um yes i i basically the first time i went to peru i healed um what i considered to be the darkest experience of all my lives um really the rock bottom point of my earthly experiences um, and I don't really wish to share it here in this podcast but I went when at the first time I went to Peru um, I healed it I, I didn't know I was going to heal that but I met a woman before I left who's now one of my best friends and she said to me wow you're going there to heal something really big and I was like okay yeah all right maybe I don't know we'll see and Yeah, sure enough, um, with the plant medicines I was working with, um, I had, you know, one of the most, well, probably the most epic experience of my life, actually, <laughs> healing that. <coughs> it all just happened in a few hours, and it was <coughs> it was incredible. That was with um, the cactus medicine with Wachuma, or otherwise named San Pedro. And um, I work closely with that medicine while I'm in Peru uh, with my teachers there. And the groups I take to Peru every year, we we drink the, the Wachuma medicine um, in, in a couple of ceremonies on the tour. Um, it's incredible medicine and I would recommend everybody to drink it. My children drink it. It's really the sort of thing anybody can drink and it's a very powerful and efficient heart healer which is what I believe the world really needs you know um, so yes Wachuma Wachuma helped me heal my past life this life yes so so Wachuma is San Pedro in yes, that's Quechua right. yeah. and uh, is it The same way as uh, I know, like ayahuasca, where it can it like enters your system, and it kind of feels like once it's entered, it's always there somehow. 
Yes, absolutely. It, it, it's the same that way. Wachuma is always with you once it's you've you've ingested it. Um, it doesn't take much to uh, engage with that spirit and the wisdoms that you've learnt from Wachuma again without having drunk it. Yes, that's right, Alex. Where you, when you go to Peru, do you usually go to the same area in the Andes or do you travel around? Yes, I go the same. I basically base myself in Cusco and, and I have certain places that I go back to um, every time I'm there because they're very special to me. But I also make a point of visiting new mountains and... Um, discovering more in the Sacred Valley. The Sacred Valley, Alex, really is completely jam-packed with magic. It's, it's a very big valley and all throughout it there are incredible ruins and, and portals, um, you know, totally off the beaten track that no one's seen before, no one's been to before, exquisite mountains, paths, villages. It's unbelievable. If people like... Um, you know, cosmic magic and mountains, really, it, it's, it, I mean, I've been so many times and I, you know, I, I feel like I'm just scratching the surface. It's incredible there. Yeah, I've been to many different mo mountain areas in the world, but it does feel different in Peru somehow. Yes, it is different. It's, um, oh, it's just so beautiful. It's very clear very clean and clear and very open it feels really like an open like the whole valley just feels like an open portal open pathway to the galaxies it's it's incredible how do you deal with the height do, is, do you have problems with that or do is it easy for you yeah i don't have problems with it um, but a lot of people do have problems with it when they when they first arrive but um yeah, it's it's not a big deal. I mean, you know, the worst case is you can be vomiting for a few days, but you know, it's it's you know, you, you get over it. It's not a big deal. So, if people want to check out more of your healing and your this band you mentioned, uh, where can they do that? Well, I have a website um, called hervoiceheals.com. And there has a lot of info about my sound healing and my tours, my Peru tours. Um, and then with the music, I don't have a website for it, but you can. I have a page on Facebook, um, which is um, facebook.com forward slash firemama, M-A-M-A. -M -A. Um, yeah, so they're the two places where I basically post all my updates of what I'm doing. And sound healing, can you do that on a distance or do you have to be physically present? No, not at all. I, I actually, just before this interview, I had a, a session with a sister in Italy. So um, absolutely, I mean, the vib vibration just continues traveling to the ends of the universe. So um, it, we can definitely work remotely for sure. Cool. Okay, so if you feel like it, uh, you can finish this episode with another channeling or uh, healing voice. I'd love to, Alex. That's beautiful. great. I'll get my drum ready. Thanks for talking to me. It was very interesting. Oh, you're so welcome, Alex. Thanks for the invitation. It's a real honor. Bless you.
Bless all your beautiful friends and listeners. Freedom is in the mind.
Stay strong, stay safe.